We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. For years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brooke Talks America, where we discuss politics and culture from an unapologetically conservative perspective. I'm your host, Brooke Says, conservative patriot, proud, deplorable, and columnist, which you can read on my website, brooktalksamerica.com. That's Brooke with an E. Make sure you connect on the various social medias, Facebook, Twitter, all of that you'll find on there if you'd like to be a partner with the show and speak and be a sponsor, let me know. There is a donate button, and we also have really cool merchandise at the shop. I'm here with my co-host, Colonel Jim Worship, who's the deputy director, former deputy director for intelligence at U.S. Central Command. He served on the White House National Security Council, currently serves as the Hillsborough County, Florida GOP chairman. So he's overseeing all that here. His articles are also on AmericaOutloud.com. So you know the deal from Hot Topics to History. You can be sure if it's happening in America, and there is a lot, I will be talking about it. You can listen to archive podcasts of this show on my website. And also, I'm on Captain's America Third Watch every Tuesday morning at 5.30 a.m. Colonel Jim is also on every Wednesday at 5 a.m., both on this station, Salem Media Group, AM860, The Answer. So let's get to the jelly. Um, I also recommend that you check out two of my articles, which are in line with the discussion that I'll be having with our guest today. Crazy people are teaching our children wake up America and they want to normalize pedophilia. Stop the madness America. When you hear about the trannies twerking in the library, understand this is not about tolerance. It's about something sinister and you need to be aware of what the people that are directly involved with your children are doing during school and after. So on that note, we're joined today by Rebecca Friedrichs, who's the founder of For Kids and Country, also the author of Standing Up to Goliath, Battling State and National Teachers Unions for the Heart and Soul of Our Kids and Country. And she is a 20-year public school teacher who led the fight against the divisive tactics, politics, and corruption of teachers unions as lead plaintiff in Friedrichs versus CTA. Very important. Her U.S. Supreme Court case paved the way for precedent-setting ruling, which freed all public sector employees from forced unionism. Very, very important. Her PragerU video, Why Good Teachers Want Public uh, School Choice, has over 5 million views. She is a woman of faith and a warrior for proper education, and I'm so glad to have her on the show today. And her website is forkidsandcountry.org. Dot org. And with that, welcome to the show, Rebecca. Thanks for coming on. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yep, absolutely. So you were, as I mentioned, you were a public school elementary teacher for 20 years in that beautiful state, uh, which is going crazy right now, uh, in Southern California. Have you always been a conservative uh, and concerned about what the unions were doing, or is that something that came to be after a while? Yeah, actually, I taught 28 years, 28 years, and I would still be there if it wasn't for the unions destroying my profession and damaging the uh, educational system, our country, and actually harming our children. Um, what happened to me was I was a student teacher. I was 22 years old, and I had this incredible master teacher uh, teaching me how to be a great teacher. But next door was a teacher who would 
grab the children and scream at them and yank them and um, get right into their little faces and terrorize them. I was afraid of her. I was 22. These children were six. They came up to her waistline. And so I asked my master teacher, you know, what do I do? I'm learning how to report child abuse, and I see some. And it's the teacher next door. And that was the day my master teacher sat me down, and she said, you know, Rebecca, today is the day you learn about teachers' union. And she told me that that teacher was being protected by a union and that they couldn't get rid of her. And I thought that was evil. So um, that was my start at 22 years old of understanding the problem with unions. I then taught 28 years, and throughout my career, I was forced to fund those unions every single day of my career. And um, at one point, I actually stepped up and served as a union leader because I thought if I have to pay them, I'm going to get involved, see if I can change it. None of my teacher friends agreed with these abusive teachers being protected or with this crazy sex ed that's out. None of them agreed with it. We didn't know where it was coming from. So I thought, I'll step up. And what I learned serving three years as a leader in the union is that every single problem in our schools and culture is coming from these Marxists who are posing as teachers' unions. And um, so I'm very thankful that I had the opportunity to serve from the inside because they can't lie to me. I've seen it up close and personal. And when you stand against it or speak against it as a teacher, you're bullied, you're isolated, you're silenced. And uh, that's how they've gotten away with this mess for decades. Yeah. Well, and that's, I'll I'll get into it in a little bit. I actually, speaking of the unions, um, I had, I saw this video one time, I think it was out of Miami. This teacher literally said, she was on, they were on vacation on, on, or on some kind of seminar or something. She goes, I could literally have sex with one of my students in the hall and they wouldn't be able to get rid of me. So that's, it, that, that's how entrenched it is. Yeah. Yeah. She's a union teacher for sure. Yeah. So Tragic. what changes have you seen? Like, cause you've been, you were with it for 28 years. So when it first started, what, what are the changes that have happened in that time? How, mu- how much more subversive has it gotten with the education and all the things they're teaching? Yeah, well, I started teaching, uh, my career started in 1988. And at that time, uh, teachers were still permitted to teach the truth. Um, we were able to, basically, if you went, once you closed your classroom door, you could do what was right for the kids. Right. And so it wasn't as, as pushed in your face, um, all of this anti-American rhetoric and all. Um, so what the union did was, was they very slowly released things into our school system. So, um, for instance, oh, like 60, 70 years ago, we still had a really great educational system. Right. They slowly but surely removed all the greatness, removed all the morals, removed the truth. And so by the time I became a teacher, um, the educational system was already a mess. For example, you know, my entire career, I was never permitted to have a child repeat a grade. Never. They always said, oh, it's bad for their self-esteem. What? The the child can't read and you want them to be pushed on without being able to read. So so I saw those kind of problems where um, as a teacher, I didn't have the authority to really do what was right for the children, but I wasn't seeing the anti-American rhetoric yet. Right. That's all very new. That's all uh, been exploded onto the scene, I want to say, in the last 10 years. Uh, came A lot of it came with Common Core. So they, they, the unions and, and their friends, they do things very slowly. So it's like um, a frog in the boiling water, right? right? doesn't realize he's being cooked to death. That's how they've done it. 
Yeah. So you mentioned in our discussion offline, and this is something that I did not know about. Um, I imagine a lot of parents don't know about it, is that the unions have infiltrated the PTA. So what do you mean by that? And what are the repercussions of that? Yes. So I have an entire chapter on this in my book, Standing Up to Goliath. So if people want to know more details, they can go there. But here's basically what happened. In the 1960s and 70s, the teachers' unions were very upset with the PTA because the PTA dared to do what was right for the kids. For example, they didn't want teachers going on strike. And so they, so they said so. And then they were bullied. So they said, well, wait a minute. If you're going to go on strike, at least let parents go in and cover the classroom so the kids are, are safe and can get an education. Well, the, the teachers' unions didn't like that either. So what the unions did was they bullied the PTA into a stance of neutrality. They told all these teachers bad things about the PTA, and teachers were naive. They just believed the lies. And so a bunch of teachers left the PTA, and now the PTA was going to crumble. So the PTA kowtowed to the union's strong-arm tactics and took a stance of neutrality. What that means is ever since that time, the 60s and 70s, the PTA is no longer permitted to take a stance in opposition to the teachers' union. They have to go along to get along with the teachers' unions. This is why you see parents out picketing during strikes. This is why the PTA is supportive of the radical sex ed agenda. It's supportive of the anti-American right. agenda. Now, people, parents get mad at me. I, did, I would never do that. Well, neither would I. I was a local PTA member. It's not the local people. Most of your PTA dues go up to the state and national level. It's the state and national that's corrupt. Same with the teachers' unions. Local teachers are usually nice people. It's above you. The people getting your money are corrupt. So parents um, need to quit paying PTA dues, quit joining the PTA, and they can switch to something called a PTO. All they have to do is go online. They'll find PTO. It's an independent organization. They can quickly switch over to a PTO. What does that stand for? A parent-teacher organization. Okay. So um, you wrote the book, your book, Standing Up to Goliath, Battling State and National Teachers Unions for the Heart and Soul of Our Kids and Country. Make sure you check it out, listeners. As kind, In part as kind of a breakdown, not only of your experience, but also of the case. So the CTA is the California Teachers Association, which you took on in that case. What percentage of parents do you think because of your experience to know, even conservative parents, do you think actually understand all of this stuff and what's actually going on in the schools? Almost none. Very, <laughs> That's what very I think. Same with, yeah, same with teachers. Uh, uh, the majority of teachers have no idea that the union they are paying is the root cause of every single problem in our schools. They, in fact, they're still defending the union. They think the union helps them. They think the union yeah. gives them a raise, all these things. So teachers are misinformed and deceived, and so are parents. So many parents, the reason they're deceived is because the unions are the ones controlling the narrative at the, at the campus. They control it through the PTA, and they control it, control it through the teachers' unions, and by, by the way, they, they own the media, so they control it there too. Almost all parents teachers, local faith leaders, you know, community leaders have no idea what's going on here. And the problem with that is we're constantly um, trying to fight these 
these issues that continually pop up all over the place instead of digging out the root cause of the problem, which is that the Marxists posing as teachers' unions. So it is critical that people start to understand this. This is the reason I wrote the book. The, uh, the book is full of the testimonies of about four dozen teachers from around the country, brave teachers, by the way, and some parents and some kids. And I help people to connect the dots. That for, for instance, there's three chapters on the sex ed. I help them to understand who's behind it, the teachers union, how they brought it in, how they undermine parental authority, and help just educate people um, on the, these radical discipline policies where you can't discipline children anymore. And it's the Obama administration brought that in with the help of the teachers unions. And so everything we're fighting, everything that's a concern to us, it's the fault of the teachers unions and the PTA, but parents and teachers have no idea. So it's, it's critical that they, that they learn the things that are in that book. Yes. And one of the things, you know, we, we talked about this is that conservatives are by their very nature, they're kind of leave me alone type of people. They, they go to work, they do their thing, they pay their taxes. They want, they're sending their kids to school, assuming that the people that they entrust with their children are, have their best interests at heart. Never mind the fact that the state mandates that you send your, your children to school, right? But And most people can't afford to send their kids to private schools, some of which have already also been infiltrated, which I'll get into that. But peop, we've abdicated the culture, and so all of this stuff has, I call it like termites. They are, they're in the building, and they're crippling the foundation. So we're going to get into all that on the other side of the break. That's food for thought. You're listening to Brook Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Rebecca Friedrichs, and we will be right back. More Brook Talks America coming up. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Check out the blog at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Rebecca Friedrichs. So as I mentioned before the break, I talked about culture. And, and again, we've, you know, conservatives have really, to my chagrin and to the you know, detriment of the country, in my opinion, really abdicated the culture and let some of this stuff just flow on in without too much pushback, except the here and there's, you know, because people don't want to make waves. And one of the things they always throw at, at people that are pushing back is they throw racism. Well, I know that you have been in contact with the Trump admission, uh, administration regarding a lot of these issues. Um, and President Trump recently came out in objection to the teaching of the 1619 Project in schools thank God, and said that they'd replace it with uh, civil rights activist Bob Woodson's 1776 project, which is, again, awesome. But already, and I'm sure, you know, in the boardrooms, this, this idiocy of white fragility, which is actually interestingly taught by a white woman at $12,000 an hour, which is bizarre, it's already being taught and mandated in some boardrooms. How extensive, how extensive already are things like white privilege and critical race theory already burrowed into the school system by now, though? Oh, oh deeply ingrained. Yeah. So here's the problem. So I, I wrote an editorial on, on this that, that I think you're going to share with your listeners. Yes. Um, the NEA, the National Education Association, 
was involved with the 1619 project from day one. So here's how they, here's how the, the teachers unions control everything. They get involved with all these different organizations. So the New York Times quote journalist writes this phony baloney fake history of the 1619 Project, claiming that our country is systemically racist, that our country was built on racism, built on slavery, and all of this other nonsense, completely ignoring uh, what really happened in 1620 with the pilgrims, who who came over without enslaving anyone. Um, And so the NEA, fully involved in that, uh, made sure that immediately the 1619 Project was being put into schools across the country. So um, how a labor union ended up in control of curricula is pretty strange to me. Shouldn't they just be um, helping the teachers with labor issues? No, they're controlling everything. Why? Well, I mentioned before, they're Marxists posing as teachers' unions. What those Marxists have done is they have infiltrated every government agency in America. This is why we are having these problems in boardrooms of different companies and this white fragility and all white privilege is being taught um, in, in everywhere pervasively because these government agencies are infiltrated and they did it through government unions. This is why it's so important that our case uh, and other cases after ours have freed all government employees from paying forced union dues. No one has to pay them anymore. If they don't know how to get out, all they have to do is go to our website, forkidsandcountry.org, click on Teacher Freedoms and Protections. I need to change the name because we have information for everyone, not just teachers. But if you go under that, you can find out by your state, your your um, union, and you can get help on getting out of it and, and to stop paying them. So that's the first thing. We've got to quit paying these people because they are um, destroying us from within. They are uh, enemies domestic. And a bunch of Americans are paying them without having any idea that they're actually the ones funding all of this white privilege and nonsense that's coming into our country. And then we got to get rid of the unions themselves, because I don't really believe in public sector taxpayer effect. Uh, taxpayer funded unions. But now that, you know, we've seen with the BLM stuff and the, the founders of BLM, some of the founders, you know, are, um, are lesbians. They're, they're lesbian Marxist. So there is, um, this is tied to the critical race theory and this white supremacy garbage, garbage and everything. It's not just about anti-Americanism that's being taught. This is the part that I don't understand with the communist agenda. The, the, what is, how does the sexual instruction, for lack of a better term, this is being done at an extremely young age. They want your kids at pre-K, too, so they can get them at age two and three, and they can put all this nonsense in their head. This this is part of the communist agenda. I personally don't understand how the sex, the sexual perversion is part of the deal. And I just want to say this, because most of the wokety-wokes that wear that Che Guevara shirt, they have no idea that he... he did not like any of the things that they stand for. They wear the shirt thinking they're cool. He was a racist. He was a homophobe. And he would have killed the blue hairs that support him, right? But most of them don't know. But what is it about the sex stuff? I, I never quite understood that. Yeah, it's, you, you, there's so much you said there that, to unpack. And what's amazing is that the teachers' unions are the ones who are behind change, you know, telling people to wear those shirts. Yeah. And, and, and these people are 
I, I, you know, I hate to say it, but I'm just going to say the truth. They're foolish and they're uneducated, and they are following a lie, just blindly following a lie. What is it about the communist agenda that insists on the sexualization of our kids? Well, this is one of the key uh, parts of their agenda because of control. So what they, uh, first of all, they're atheists. Right. They want to destroy, they, they tell us right out, Black Lives Matter tells us right out that they want to destroy the nuclear family, the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. In other words, uh, a father and a mother with children, the safest place for children to be, right? Um, so communists have always, when you go back in history, they have always separated the children from the parents. They believe that the children belong to the state. Right not to God, not to the parents. And they always sexualize the children and undermine parental authority. So here's, I, I've seen this in action. Let's say you're four years old and you're in preschool. This is what these unions and their friends and Black Lives Matter do to these little kids. They'll go into these precious little minds and say, when you were born, your parents didn't know your gender. So they assigned you a gender. You'll figure out your gender from a, from a huge spectrum of genders someday. Because there's all these different genders. Everyone's transgender. So they manipulate these children, confuse them. Then these children don't have an identity. They're not following their parents' uh, moral structure or belief system. Their desire is to destroy family. Uh, why? I mean, you're asking me why. I don't know because I have a completely different worldview. All I can figure is it's evil. It's, it's from the devil, in yeah. my opinion. And so they want to destroy families and children. Um, it's tragic. Anyone who is following Black Lives Matter and any of this blindly really needs to do their homework because it's, it, it will bring great damage to your own family. Yeah, I mean, uh, people have come out and, uh, you know, especially like with the BLM, with black men, be say, saying, how can you how can you support that? I can't support that if I'm a black man and you want to raise me from the situation. So it's totally it's crazy. I just the, the the sex stuff is really perverse too. You need to check check out the the website for Kids in Country and and all the stuff that Rebecca talks about. But I want to get into this um this point because the pandemic, in my opinion, and you know we talked about this, it's kind of opened up a can of worms for the teachers unions because now what's happening is a lot of students are at home, they're on their computers, and now the parent and the parents, if the parents are home as well, they can see what before they weren't necessarily able to see. And there have been two recent videos in the past couple weeks where teachers were harassing specifically Trump supporters, students online, one of which got kicked out. But there was another left-wing activist who said that they they were concerned that parents would now be able to see what their teachers were quote-unquote learning and i you know in the schools and i have played on this clip this show a clip from melissa harris perry who used to work at C, uh, msnbc she basically talks about that parents uh children are not the property or the of their parents their property of the collective that's a totally Marxist idea, right? And there's a, you know, the whole, it takes a village. There's a great meme out there that says, I've seen the village and I don't want it raising my child. But how do you think that the, the pandemic will change education going forward? Because I don't really think we go back to, to business as usual. Yeah, thank God. So, you know, myself and many others have been praying for years that God would rescue the children from our dangerous schools and rescue us teachers, because we're great teachers like myself who work really hard, who would never harass a child, who would never be political in front of a class, ever. My students never knew my political leanings, ever. Um, As it should we be. were all trapped in this very, very corrupt system. So great teachers have been trapped. 
We've been speaking out for years. Nobody would listen. Nobody wanted to help us. I stood alone for decades. When we brought our case, we had 10 California teachers. We all stood alone. Nobody wanted to stand with us or even listen. So the blessing of this, uh, I, I love that you call it a pandemic because it, <laughs> it is, you know, just so fake. Yeah. Um, but the blessing of it is, number one, the kids have been rescued from the dangerous schools, and so have the teachers. And number two, everyone's starting to see what's really going on in the classrooms of these activists, union activists, quote-unquote teachers. They're not teachers. They're activists, and they're damaging. So no one would believe us before. Now they're seeing it with their own eyes. Thank God. Uh, it is my hope that our public school system will be completely scrubbed, that we will go back to what we used to do when the founders started this country with a classical liberal arts education. Teachers were the smartest people in the culture in those days. The unions have dumbed down our classrooms. They have brought in these people who don't know anything, and I'm not talking about great teachers. I'm talking about the union activists they've been planting in all of our schools. So we need to clean it out, and I do think this pandemic, I love that you said it's a can of worms. The unions felt that they're, you know, they feel they're controlling everything, but people are finally awakening to what these unions really are. So I think it's a blessing in disguise. Well, and I and I think under the Trump administration, there had so much in all aspects of government is being exposed for one reason, just because he talks in a way that no other Republican would have ever talked about the truth. The other is that their insanity, the Trump derangement syndrome is so strong that they can't help themselves there. They can't even be strategic anymore and stealth and and secretive like they were always before because they're just so insane. So I agree with you. And I'm I'm praying for that, too, because, you know, and I I sent you a couple articles that I mentioned earlier in the show. I've been talking about this for 10 years. You know, I do believe I won't get into it too deeply. I believe that there's a subversive agenda, which which is to normalize pedophilia. And par- all of these little micro things are part of that agenda. You know, we, we can't really get into yeah. it too much, but it's it's the long term goal. And, and definitely, if you can keep the children away from their parents, you don't let their parents see what they're doing, then they can get an infiltrate. Now, so very quickly, what are you mentioned earlier so they can go to your site? I want to make sure that we give parents and, and all citizens action items so they go to your site. And so one thing that you would say more than anything else that people can do to push back against this. Yeah, the, the, the number one thing on our site and, and from our perspective that an individual can do to help in a huge way, go to our website for kidsandcountry.org. The very first menu item is called Adopt a Teacher. Click on that. It'll take you three minutes to read our little card on how to adopt a teacher. Adopt every good teacher you know. Adopt parents. Adopt school board members. Whoever. Adopt your pastor. Anyone you know who needs to learn the truth. We teach you how to do it. Why is this so important? Because we need to get these unions out of our schools. The only way we're going to save this republic is to get the unions out of our schools. Because the only way to keep a free republic is with a well-educated, moral citizenry that can self-govern. We can't have any of those things with these unions running and destroying our schools on purpose. So as individuals adopt teachers, parents, and et cetera, um, and educate them, and we give them the tools to educate them, then that starts to change the national narrative. 
Our goal for Kids in Country, and we're already working on this in every way we can, is to get those unions out of our schools. We would love to bring a bill to make them illegal. They never should have been legalized in the public sector to begin with. But we can't do that unless the narrative starts to change in the public. So the public can help us change that narrative. We'll do the work of convincing some legislators to be brave enough to bring bills like this. So that that would be my my number one ask of, of your listeners. Okay, great. And there is really a ton of stuff on the website. It's fourkidsincountry.com. Also, you can check out the Facebook is the number four kids in country. Twitter is also at the number four kids in country. So make sure you check that out. Get involved. It is truly, this is the biggest thing of all things. We need to change the educational system because that is where I call it liberalism. These are the rotten fruit of the tree of liberalism. We, and in the process, we smash liberalism. We get rid of all this stuff. Rebecca, awesome. We could totally go on for another hour. Thank you for coming on the show, giving the listeners all of this great information. Make sure you check out her site. And you, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a great day. You are listening to Brook Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we will be right back. More Brook Talks America coming up. leftist media elites prove once again they, like all leftists, are dishonest goons not worthy of any attention. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. For several decades, media elites, Democrats, and entertainers have lectured the rest of us about what we, the people, should think, say, and do. Those people have scolded us about not being tolerant enough for their warped taste. The leftists are so mentally tainted, they support Black Lives Matter and Antifa Marxist activists, rioters, burning city businesses, harassing elderly sovereign citizens, dining at restaurants, burglarizing stores, blocking traffic, etc., all with or without masks. Yet those same hypocrites don't want other people to go out or to even sing at church, conduct business activities, or for students to attend government schools, although that could be a good thing because students who are not schooled are not being indoctrinated. The bottom line is we the people must not tolerate being bullied by leftists who are on a mad mission to fundamentally transform our republic into a tyrannical nightmare. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out theronedwards.com. Welcome back to Brook Talks America. Visit on Facebook. Search Brook Talks. And now, your host, Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brook Talks America. And could that be any more perfect? That's the Ron, Ron Edwards with the Edwards Notebook. Perfect. Thank you very much for that, Ron. And I just want to play, you know, I want to get a little tiny bit into the coronavirus because obviously China, Wuhan coronavirus, because it's still with us because of President Trump, obviously. And, you know, we discussed last week on the show that Jim and I do believe that there was a targeted attack on the uh, Republicans with that. But I just want to remind everybody, because, again, somehow or another, the left thinks there is no Internet and we can't find stuff. This is what Democrats said in their advice on the coronavirus back then in February. The risk to New Yorkers for coronavirus is low. And our city preparedness is high. This should not stop you from going about your life, should not stop you from going to Chinatown and going out to eat. I'm going to do that today myself. Come to Chinatown. Here we are. We're, again, careful, safe, and 
come join us. There is no concern at this time for coronavirus in our region. The Department of Sanitation is ready for Mardi Gras 2020. The facts are reassuring. We want New Yorkers to go about their daily lives. There's really no need to panic and to avoid activities that we always do as New Yorkers. We are a hardy people. Americans do not need to panic. What I would suggest, however, mm-hmm. is that Americans take this as a wake-up call for seasonal flu. There's very little threat here. This disease, even if you were to get it, basically acts like a common cold or flu. Go about your lives, take the subway, go out, enjoy life. So these are the geniuses that are criticizing President Trump. Don't ever forget that. Okay, tell your liberal friends who don't seem to get this information on their networks. Um, But I wanted to talk about the debate, obviously. I want to bring the gym into this. You know, uh, Biden, by the way, he had he's a big plagiarist. He's been criticized for that before. He actually had to drop out of one of his presidential campaigns for plagiarizing. It appears, and this came up last week, he stole his current plan after he stole it from Trump, right, by American. He stole it from Boris Johnson of Great Britain. We owe it to future generations to build back better. We have a great opportunity to build back and build back better to do things differently, to build back better, and to build back bolder. And folks, it's not sufficient to build back. We have to build back better. That's what my plan is, to build back better. Oh, Joe, he's too much. I can't even. During the debate, obviously, he has Kamala Harris. I mean, how he has her as his vice presidential pick when they... All, with the things that she said about him in those debates about being racist and about um, women, right, and about the Tara Reid stuff. Obviously, she forgot all that because, as I played before with Stephen Colbert, it's a debate. It's a debate. Here's what she said on fracking then and now. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. So, yeah, and, 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 starting, and starting with what we can do on day one around public lands, right? And, um, and then there has to be legislation. But yes, and this is something I've taken on in California. I have a history of working on this issue. Sure. So first of all, I will repeat, and the American people know, that Joe Biden will not ban fracking. That is a fact. That is a fact. Yeah, it doesn't quite appear to be a fact after all, does it, Kamala? And Pence hit Kamala on fracking in the debate. And with regard to banning fracking, I just recommend that people... Look at the record. You yourself said repeatedly that you would ban fracking. You were the first Senate co-sponsor of the Green New Deal. And while Joe Biden denied the Green New Deal, Susan, thank you for pointing out the Green New Deal is on their campaign website. And as USA Today said, it's essentially the same plan as you co-sponsored with AOC when she submitted it in the Senate. So there you go. I mean, it's amazing to me that they think that they can get away with this. One last clip because I want to talk about Biden and court packing, and then we're going to bring Jim into it. They'll know my opinion on court packing when the election is over. Now, look, I know it's a great question, y'all, and I don't blame you for asking. But you know, the moment I answer that question, the headline in every one of your papers will be about that. Other than, other than focusing on what's happening now. But you see, Joe, first of all, we do have the Internet. So... You, we have the internet. We can access all this stuff. You were against. You did the John Kerry. You were against it before. You're for it. She comes in and she says she's 
against it, and now she's for it, and Joe is not going to ban fracking, which basically means, yes, we're going to ban fracking. We just have to tell Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia we're not going to ban fracking because they rely on it, and we have to win those states. And on court packing, that's not really how it works, Joe, because you actually have to tell us before the election, unlike Nancy Pelosi, who says you have to pass the bill in order to find find out what's in the bill. The American people want to know. And by the way, there's a new clip. I didn't uh, get time to put it on audio where he actually says the the reporter is asking him, don't the don't the voters deserve to know? And he actually says no. The foolish thing about this, it's dumb to evade this question. It's dumb to act like you can get away with not answering it because it just makes it bigger, right? Now the only thing people are going to ask you about is whether you're going to pack the courts, which A, shows that you're lying because you are going to pack the courts, and B, the American people do not want you to pack the courts. They don't want you to pack the courts with a super legislature in black robes. They want to have laws passed by legislation, not by judges. So... Keep up with it, these two, because they're they're not helping themselves. But these are just some of the clips that came from the debate that I wanted to play to show how the hypocrisy of the left and somehow or another they're going to get away with this. And the other thing that was just really hysterical is that they actually said, you know, in the, um, the debate that was this week with Pence and Kamala, Kamala, whatever her name is, that he was mansplaining to her. So I have to tell you, as a woman who's a conservative, because we don't go this route with this all of this you know, foolishness, you cannot get into the arena and then claim that you're some kind of victim. It doesn't work that way. If you want to get in the arena and you want to be president of the free world, okay, the biggest job in the entire planet, you have to be a strong woman. You can't get in there and then act like you're a victim. So he didn't mansplain you, and it's just nobody likes you, okay? Nobody likes Kamala, so that's the deal. Anyways, these are some of the things that I wanted to bring to your attention. We will be right back. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we'll be back with Colonel Jim. More Brooke Talks America coming up. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by Twitter at Talks America. Here's Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. And I have to say that song is um, sadly appropriate for this week when Eddie Van Halen passed away at 65 from throat cancer. So we want to say rest in peace to a really great guitarist and a, just an influencer of extraordinary proportions. I want to say this show is brought to you by 656 Corp. This um, It's a locally made hot sauce, 100% veteran owned. Check out their website and tell them Brooks sent you, 656corp.com. So, Jim, the, VTP, the VP debate happened this week, as I mentioned earlier, and you had all of the uh, backtracking from Kamala, the contortionist, and Pence hitting her on the fracking issue where she, you know, before it against it. So, and they, they wouldn't talk about the Supreme Court, but you had in your notes here that she had several lies. How many lies was that? Well, they counted 34. <laughs> 34, I mean, that's just insane. Just 34? Just 34. They didn't have know, enough time for more. They didn't have time for more. So you have the plagiarist and the liar. You know, we've had two debates, the first presidential one and then this one. And the five biggest lies that she talked about 
in her debate with Vice President Pence, uh, and as you touched on, was the coronavirus hoax. The second biggest one was about taxes and that Joe Biden wouldn't raise taxes. But when you go into the Joe Biden plan, he is going to raise taxes on every single bracket covering every single income bracket on average um, upwards of 300 something dollars a month so I mean this is this is incredible it's going to hit every household yeah the, the other big one was on Donald Trump's taxes no just one to, cares about Donald just Trump's taxes. just avo- you know he paid 750 dollars just avoided the millions that he pays in his uh, corporate tax and how all that works out the fourth biggest one and you talked about it was fracking and then <laughs> The last one was all about how Abraham Lincoln didn't <laughs> chose not to do a Supreme Court pick because the Senate was out of session in 1864. Um, let's see, how many hearings has the Senate had with Comey and others? You know, we have a thing called social media. We have all kinds of things. Zoom, we can do hearings. And the, and the Democrats are really big on doing these kind where they don't have to even be there. They have this thing about working from home and doing all this. So they can if, do it. If the Senate wants to do it, they're going to do it. And I guarantee you, uh, McConnell is going to have this. He's got to get this through by November 3rd, and they're going to go through this. And the Democrats are going to kick and scream all the way. But that's going to happen. Plus, she was wrong about that. She was wrong about the uh, Abraham Lincoln oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. But now what's going on with the second debate? Well, now we have uh, the second presidential debate, and we heard this week where they wanted to do a virtual debate, and President Trump stepped in and said, no, he's not going to do a virtual debate. You can't have a debate. You have to be uh, one-on-one, face-to-face, just as yeah. normal. And now, for yes, president. for president. I mean, this is what people tune in. They don't want to see a split screen with people you know, in two different locations. They want to see the body language. They want to see how people react, the the candidates react. So the commission unilaterally decided yesterday that the presidential debate would be canceled. I'm here to tell you, Biden didn't want to debate. His people didn't want him to debate. And they looked for an opportunity to cancel it. And they used uh, this opportunity to do that. Whether they can bring it back, I know Trump is going to try to bring it back but, uh, and do it live in person. So we'll have to see on that. Now, and Pelosi is starting with this 25th Amendment. There are varying thoughts. I uh, want to make sure that I get into the rest of the stuff. But there are varying thoughts about why she's doing it. One is obviously, I think, a jab at Trump. And she says that it's because of his his uh you know, diagnosis with Corona. But it also could be because of Biden. They want to clear him out of the way if by God's, you know, horror that it, he wins yeah i think that's really the case <laughs> he's he's been suffering as many medical experts say from early stages of dementia and whether they get this through or not i don't think they will but this is pelosi's effort to try to uh do that i think she's just as delusional she, oh my God, she, she should be much. considered uh you know they can use the 25th amendment under uh the House and Senate, too, for their members. So maybe it maybe it applies to her, too. She's looking for a way out. Um, so we'll have to see on that. Um, the other big thing in the news, our old friend, Governor Whitmer, as you call her, Governor Whitmow in Michigan. She's awful. Um, all of a sudden, there's this plot to remove her from office, and it's, it's um, you know, Trump supporters behind it. You know, she even came out and said, 
Um, it was the Proud Boys. Uh, this happened back in June. We're, we're just hearing about it in the last week or so. Uh, this is a group, from what we can see right now, of radical insurrectionists, leftists, anarchists who are behind it. They're Trump haters. Uh, those who dig into the deep, dark web have found uh, some of these guys' websites and, and audios of them uh, criticizing Trump and going after Trump. So we're gonna be, there's going to be more to follow on this. I, I think, to me, this was a setup. I think perhaps Whitmau may have used these to get sympathy from the left and to use it against Trump. We'll see how this unravels. And it was, it was the D- Department of Justice's Joint Terrorism Task Force that took these down. And we heard uh, uh, Attorney General Barr talk about this, you know, months ago, how he's going to use these uh, task forces to take down BLM and, and, and uh, Antifa. Well, they also are going after other radical groups, and we're going to see how this turns out. Speaking of which, here's audio to back that up. Your friend, dude. And it's it amazes me that people actually like believe that when he's shown over and over and over again that he's a tyrant. Every single person that works for government is your enemy, dude. That's one of the Michigan Wolverine. And I just had to say because I, I saw this this is this was priceless this morning. There was a lefty that that um, she tweeted out the right is dangerous with regard to the plot. And then in the next tweet, she says, two members of my extended family were charged in the plot against Whitmer. I'm off social media for a while. I do not share their views and I'm horrified beyond words. And the person who tweeted that out accurately said, life comes at you fast. And it was just delicious because all of these people make snap judgments and assessments that half the time don't even turn out to be true. These are not Proud Boys. These, by the way, the founder of Proud Boys or the head of Proud Boys is a black Cuban. So it's that narrative is gone too. But it, it's, it's not what they say. It's not right wingers. These are left wingers. Uh, you know, and Richard Spencer endorsed Biden. He's a white supremacist. Okay. He endorsed Biden. Anyways, here is the really big news too of the week. I mean, there's lots of big news, but this is huge. Trump authors the declassification of the Russian collusion coup, uh, the coup information in Hillary's emails. Talk about that. That is like freaking them out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we we saw this start out with first uh, Rick Grinnell when he was awesome. the national director of intelligence and started releasing so much stuff on this. This was followed by um, John Ratliff when he became the head of that uh, Grinnell was acting. He is now the permanent head of that. He started putting these out. And then President Trump came out last week and said, we are releasing everything on Russia collusion, on the coup, and on Hillary's emails. And when he said that, that was followed a couple days ago by Mike Pompeo, uh, Secretary of State, who said, we have all 33,000 Hillary emails, and we will be le- releasing all of those by election day. Well, last night, those started getting released. I got a copy of the 33,000 emails. If I have time to read through them, I might do that. But, you know, who knows? This is going to go, this is going to drive them crazy. 
I just can't wait to hear the sound bites that they pull from Hillary's emails and start playing those. Remember, a lot of this stuff is classified uh, even up to the level of what we call top secret special access program, which you won't be able to see because of its sensitivity. But this is going to be huge. Everybody thought that Trump wasn't going to do anything on Hillary. Isn't it interesting how he weaved this into the whole process at this point in time, a a month before the election, and we're going to hear this for the next year after the election. I think this is going to play out really big, and it's going to be you, the listeners, you, the general public, who are going to have access to all this, and you will get to, you know, you know, the Democrats like to do this thing of let it play out in the court of public opinion. Well, Donald Trump is going to let it play out in the court of public opinion, and they're not going to be able to hide from it. You know, MSNBC, CNN, and all the rest may not air any of this, but it's going to get a lot of play. And I'm convinced that after November 4th, uh, the fireworks are going to begin. You're getting a preview of it for the next 30 days or 24 days, whatever it is, till the election. And then it's going to hit and... I'm going to call it. I'm going to say Durham is going to start with his indictments. And I know there people were upset where Barr came out this week and said there's not going to be a report. I've said it all along. There was never going to be a report. Prosecutors don't do reports. Prosecutors do indictments. So that's where I see it going. And I'm looking forward to uh, a lot of good reading. They're going completely crazy over this. This is delicious. Now, just really quick to, quickly to wrap up, it looks like our just indomitable president is going to start the rallies again. That also has them crazy. They're just insane over everything. He's totally, they're trying to whack him all They can't do it. So he's doing uh, the one in Sanford, right? Well, let's start with today. He's got the Blexit rally oh, yes, at the White right. House. That's right. It's a big deal on the South Lawn of the White House. Yes. Go online. You'll see the pictures Back out the there. Back to blue with Blexit. Monday, Sanford Airport, Florida, uh, MAGA rally. He's going to be doing that, and I guarantee you he's probably going to be doing two or three of these a week. Oh, I now. hope he comes to Tampa soon. We could use two more hours, three more hours with all the stuff that's going on. Thanks, Jim, for all that information. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says. On Salem Media Group, go to the website, Brooke Talks America. That's Brooke with an E. Facebook, Twitter, email, website. Look at the cool merch. We've got lots of cool Trump shirts. And we will see you next week. You've been listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot. Brooke says, connect by email, info at brooktalksamerica.com. By Twitter, at Talks America. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860, The Answer.